you so much. Thank you, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity um, by the Keen Church. It's with mixed feelings, right? We've been uh, doing some really cool things here at Elevate, and the opportunity came by, not one that was taken lightly, to consider uh, leadership here in this community. So I'm thankful for your support. I know it's going to be bittersweet. We've been doing a really cool thing here, but I'm excited that we get to continue to expand the kingdom and make room for one more in all kinds of different ways. And I'm very humbled by the opportunity to serve in this capacity. So as we continue to pursue the kingdom of God, that's forefront on my mind. Making room for one more is forefront on my mind. And we still have the summer together, all right? And then the rest of our lives, because we're going we're gonna to be here in Keene for a little bit. Thank you, Dr. Jones, uh, for the invitation and for the announcement. So here's where we're headed. Hello, my name is The Door. That's who we're going to be introduced to this morning. We're going to be in John, the end of John chapter 9 and the beginning of John chapter 10. So if you'd like to turn in your Bibles there, you can do so. And the question that we'll be percolating on this morning is, how do I live the good life. How do I live the good life? We're all looking for something good in life, aren't we? We spent last fall uh, with the series Infinite Hope, looking at the pursuit of happiness. Today we're going to look at a little bit more in depth of what does Jesus have in mind for the good life as we are introduced to Jesus as the door. He says, hello, my name is the door. So we're going to do a little warm-up this morning get our minds percolating even more. We're going to go old school. I know I teased you a Slido last week for those of you that were here. So if you're watching online at, at home, you can join in um, by a raised hand or a fist, or you can comment on uh, our streams. But if you're here in person, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to put some statements up on the screen. If you agree with that statement, open palm. If you disagree with that statement, closed fist. Does that sound like a plan? Yes. Got it. Jonathan said no, thanks, we're gonna go anyway. All right, first one, are there more doors or wheels in the world? This was uh, a couple months ago, it came out on the internet. If you think there's more doors in the world, open uh, palm. If you think there's more wheels in the world, close fist. Let's see where you stand today. Doors, wheels. This was all wheels right over here and then kind of some door. I think we're predominantly wheels this morning. All right. I, I don't know. I, somebody will probably have to do a count at some time. You think about your car's got four wheels, but it's also got four doors. So I don't know if it evens out in the long run. I don't know. Maybe you've got six doors in your car. I don't know. You've got a nice car. Maybe you've got two. You've probably got two, two doors in your car. Uh, not that any of them have fallen off. It's just a smaller car. Uh, next one. If I don't understand what someone is saying, I just smile and nod. If I don't understand what someone is saying, I just smile and nod. Scott in the back was like, yeah, that's me. Uh-huh, yeah, keep it coming, uh-huh, yeah. All right, here's the next one. If I commit to do to something, I put all my effort into achieving it. If I commit to something, I put all of my effort into achieving it. Thank you for most of you being honest. Yeah, okay, we're kind of mixed, but most of you are like, yep, I'm all in. All right, here's our fourth one. Uh, think about this one for a little bit. It's easier to get into, have, into the kingdom of God than it is to miss it. It is easier to get into the kingdom of God than it is to not. Yes or no? Some hesitation this morning. Some of you are like, yeah. Everybody else is like, I don't know. 
I don't know. We're going to talk about this one this morning. And finally, Jesus is the only way to access the kingdom of God. Jesus is the only way to access the kingdom of God. Predominant yeses this morning. Yep, we're right on track with that one. So we're going to be in John chapter 10. Let's bow our heads and invite God's spirit with us as we open scripture. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to be with one another today. Would you come and sit down beside us? Would your Holy Spirit be present and among us? And may Jesus come and introduce himself today. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Begin our journey this morning in John chapter 9, verse 40. We'll go ahead and put that one up on the screen for you. It says, some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind in verse 41? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. We'll pause right there for a moment. If you were with us last week, we looked at the story of the man who was born blind. And it wasn't his sin or his parents' sin, but for the glory of God that he had this particular uh, disability. And Jesus says, I'm going to be glorified in his life. And the Pharisees are frustrated by that. They're like, who is Jesus? What's going on with all this? And they get down to the end of it. And Jesus has begun to call him out. Jesus has revealed himself to the man who's been born blind. And he has this conversation with the Pharisees. And he's like, if you weren't blind yourself, you'd be able to see who I was. And they're like, come on. Jesus says, you wouldn't be guilty, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. So something the Pharisees, the religious leaders are missing because they think that they're one thing, but they're really another. And then Jesus will tell a parable and then unpack that parable in the book of John chapter 10. We're going to look at that parable this morning. It's about sheep and shepherds and gates. So let's go ahead and look at it. John chapter 10, verse 1 on the screen for you out of the New Living Translation. Whatever version you've got in front of you is A-OK. Here's what it says. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. Verse 2. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. In verse 5, they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. The most beautiful parables in scripture that Jesus delicately tells the religious leaders. It was a communal society at that time. And you can imagine in your mind a sheep pen that was made by piling rocks into a wall. And sometimes it would be backed up to kind of a crevice in, the, in, in a rock so that there was a protection from, from the elements. But more than likely what Jesus has in mind is just kind of on a hillside. There's these, this rock enclosure and it has one entrance. And you wouldn't just keep your sheep there, but since it was a communal society, many shepherds would bring their sheep to the fold each evening. And there would be a particular person that was tasked with keeping the gate. And the gatekeeper would know who the shepherd was and then would open the gate so that the sheep could come into the fold. The shepherd would lead them in there and then he would be able to leave and go do whatever he needed to do. And it's this image in mind that Jesus has when he's talking to these religious leaders that are misguided. 
He says, you guys need to, need to think about what's going on here. And he will, Jesus will insert himself into the story and take on two different characters. But before we get there, the cute little story Jesus has just told, the people don't understand it. John chapter 10, verse 6, put this way. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. Have you ever been talking to someone and not understand what they mean? And your face just kind of gets this nice, pleasant smile, and you just kind of, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. It happens to me sometimes. I like to hang out with people that are smarter than me. Uh, happened with, shout out to Pastor Ruben, uh, who's up in the media room today making everything happen. There's been a lot of stuff that he's been able to do over the past year to make the media room just amazing. There's, there's this little, he, he explained it to me, and it was one of those things that was like, I don't get it, but it's cool, and I'm glad that it works. There's this little, there's this little uh, it's called the Stream Deck up there. There's these little buttons on it, and you can program it and tell it to do everything. So from that room in there, you can turn the projectors on and off. You can make this thing appear on the screen, and it just integrates all of our media stuff. And he was telling me about how he was doing it, getting down into the weeds, and it was one of those moments where it's just kind of like, yeah, like that's really cool. I don't get it, but I'm glad that it works. I appreciate Pastor Ruben. He's doing good stuff up in the media room. But it was that moment for the religious leaders that Jesus just kind of pivots and tells them the story. And they're like, yeah, like we get shepherding, but how does that apply to being blind? And then maybe not being blind, but being able to see. And like, Jesus, what are you getting at? So Jesus, in turn, will then identify himself as two different things in this story. He will first tell his disciples that he is the gate or the door. And he's going to unpack that for us today. That's the one that we're looking at today. And then next week, the following passage, Jesus will identify as the good shepherd. So we have kind of like a little mini series in the midst of our broader series. We get to unpack the story for two weeks. This week, we get to look at what Jesus offers. And next week, we look, get to look at how it's offered. So today... We get to be introduced to Jesus, the door. You ready? Sweet. Thanks, Samu. Appreciate it. John chapter 10, verse 7 on the screen for you. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. Other translations will say, I am the door for the sheep. But Jesus identifies himself as the thing that opens and closes, that lets the sheep and the shepherd in, and everything else is kept out. And Jesus says, this is a true statement. I tell you the truth. Some translations will say, verily, verily, or amen, amen. I am telling you this truth. I am the door, I am the gate. And if we think about that for a moment, the implications that it has for our salvation, if we think about the fold as a place of peace and security and the shepherd as the one who is taking care of us and providing for our needs, Jesus, the door, is access to salvation. He's the the only thing that stands in between the sheep getting into the sheep fold. And as long as the sheep are with the shepherd, they have no problem getting into that fold. If we think about doors a little bit more, you know, they they give us access to the world around us. I don't if you ever tried walking through a wall, like it just it it doesn't work. I, I don't recommend trying it this afternoon if that's what jumped into your mind. You get to go from one room to another. If you came into this building this morning, it's likely that you passed at least through two doors. Well, if you count the one in your car, then there's three. If you count the one at home, you know, it's, there's doorways everywhere. 
that provide us access to this space. Imagine that we, we built a church that didn't have a door in it. And we said, y'all come. We're gonna have this great thing inside of this building. But we never provided access to what's inside. That's what Jesus is. Jesus is the access. I guess, unless you're the Kool-Aid man, like the Kool-Aid man, he's like, oh yeah, and like get inside. And like, I, I don't recommend it for your health. Jesus, let's put it this way, access to the kingdom of God is found only in Jesus. The only way that you, that you get inside, the only way that you're found a part of the kingdom of God is through Jesus. Jesus himself identifies as that access point. He says, you want to come into the kingdom of God? I am the door. And I think that that's pretty cool because it doesn't say, hey, there's a door over here and if you, if you put in the right code and if you, you do the right thing, then you can get through and you can find me. He says, I'm going to make salvation so accessible to you that I'm going to be the one that's arbitrating your access, which means that door opens to you because you're a sheep in my fold. It's a beautiful picture of the heart of the Father and of Jesus and the Holy Spirit for us, his people. Oftentimes we can make salvation really complicated, right? If you do this thing, if you do, if you do that thing, you'll gain salvation. But Jesus says, I am the door. You're looking for security. You're looking for salvation. You're looking for me. Walk through me. Come up to the door that is Jesus. It'll be open for you. Welcome home. There's always room for one more. And Jesus warns in John chapter 10, verse 8, he puts it this way. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. There's an enemy out there. There's people out there that will tell you that there is other ways to get into the fold. Put another way from the SDA Bible Commentary, volume 5, page 1004. All, let's go ahead and put that up on the screen. Thieves and robbers are they who offer men or women any other means of salvation that, that which has been provided through Jesus Christ. Somebody tells you there's another way to access the kingdom of God and their next words are not Jesus Christ. They are a thief and a robber. Those people do not use the door to, up, uh, to open up salvation to you, the door of Jesus. What they will do is try to get you through the side. You see, the thief and the robber don't have access to the door because the gatekeeper's not gonna let them in. So the only resort they have is to claw their way up the wall and over into the sheep pen. If you're there for good purposes and good reason, the gatekeeper has no problem letting you through the door. But there are thieves and robbers out there. Thieves, not thieves, thieves. And robbers out there who will do anything they can to access the sheep any other way. And see, so here's the thing. You can spend your entire life trying to measure up, trying to do the thing that all the thieves and robbers are telling you to do to gain salvation, and you're never going to make it. In the same way, if you really desire to go to the moon and you went out to our church parking lot today because you're like, man, that's, that, that's holy ground. That, that, that place is blessed. Maybe I can get to the moon if I just kind of jump as hard as I can. I'm going to make it. Then we go about six inches off the ground and come back down to earth. That's what our effort looks like in the salvation plan. When we try to do the things that we think are what God is requiring for us before we get salvation. It's like going out into the parking lot, trying to get the moon and jumping as hard as you can. You know, better luck calling Elon than you would going out in the parking lot. 
And then Jesus continues the parable, John chapter 10, verse 9. He says, yes, again, I am the gate, I'm the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. Not might be, not probably, not if you plead your case before the Father. He says, if you come into the kingdom through me, you will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pasture. Because here's the thing about the door. The door gives access, but the door is simply a tool in the hand of the shepherd and the gatekeeper to provide the good life for the sheep. The door itself provides proximity to the shepherd because it's the shepherd is the one that's bringing the sheep in and out and they can come and go freely because they're with the shepherd. And the door enables the sheep to have a safe place to be when it's night and when it's darkness. And the door provides them access to the luscious green fields and the, the, the rolling brooks that provide the water and the nutrients that they need. See, the door offers proximity to the shepherd, the one who's got the best interest for the sheep. Security itself is found in proximity to the shepherd. There is no other way. Bruce Milne from the Message Commentary, and I'm loving reading through the Message Commentary. I've been uh, sharing this multiple times in this series. Put this way, when the people of Christ have forgotten this, that Jesus is the door, and tried to secure unity or safety by building walls around themselves, the results have not been encouraging. Quote continues on. Do we have the next part of it? There it is. The walls have either been so comprehensive as to enclose a number of wolves along with the sheep with disastrous consequences for the sheep or they've been so restrictive as to exclude more sheep than they enclose. See, that's the problem when we get misguided about what the purpose of the door is. Too many times we'll set up barriers to Jesus. I remember talking with a young adult a couple of years ago. We're studying through the book of John and we happened upon this particular passage and, and the, the word picture came to our minds that if Jesus is at the center and we're trying to get people to Jesus, that there's sometimes in our institutions and in our structures and the way the culture operates that we as a church stand in lockstep and say the only way that you can get to Jesus is if you join us because we've got the truth and we've got the thing that you need to know. Instead of simply saying, you want to find salvation, you want to find hope, you want to find community, welcome to the kingdom. Jesus is the door. Can we introduce you to the door? Can you, can you come and, and, and be a part? And the thought came into our minds that maybe just maybe there are going to be those who stand as a barrier to Jesus. So you got to do this and you got to do that before you come to him. And my role as a pastor and a shepherd in this community is to recognize your need and then to pull you towards Jesus or encourage you. Some of us go kicking and screaming. Others of us are like, yeah, I'm ready for that, right? But my job is maybe to take down those barriers, yes, but to find a way to get you through, to get you to Jesus. Because Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only one that can provide salvation, the only one that gives us access to the kingdom of God, the only one who can provide us security in this life is Jesus Christ himself. There is no other way and we can divide ourselves into camps right we can say like man the only way to get to jesus in this area is if you go to elevate like they've got it going on other places nah don't go to elevate they don't have it going on you got to go to this worship service you got to go to this church you got to be a part of this you got to be a part of that no 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 no. what jesus invites us to do is to lead us 
lead other people towards the shepherd, towards the door, the one that gains access to the kingdom. It's not an us versus them-ism. It's a, hey, I know Jesus and you need to be introduced to him or reintroduced to him because he's done something for my life. My testimony is that the light has shined, shone in my heart. That's all I want to tell you about. It's the light of the world, the door, the shepherd. He's the one that provides eternal salvation. And then Jesus finishes with a very, very recognized verse from John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. He says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Other versions say, I've come that they may have life and they might have it abundantly. Jesus wants you to have the good life, not the good life that the world talks about, not the one that's enclosed by by laws and rules, but the one whose structure is for your benefit. The life that's lived out under the kingdom of God and according to Jesus, because Jesus says, I have something that's so much better for you. You're striving to protect yourself and others. Maybe you're setting up barriers. Maybe you're the one climbing over the wall. Whatever it is, Jesus says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you listen to any other voice, your joy will be stolen. You'll lose your life and will be completely destroyed. And what Jesus says is, I came to give you life. Any other way, any other thing is going to completely destroy you. But the way of life that I've brought towards you is a life that's satisfying, a life that's filled and full with the grace and the goodness of God. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like a really, really cool offer. And the beautiful part about Jesus being the door, we're looking at that this week, and Jesus being the shepherd, is that Jesus is what Jesus offers. He's filled with grace. He's filled with hope. He's filled with a a desire that you might live that abundant life. A couple of years ago, I was talking with another student. I was going through some stuff in in his life. And we've been reading reading through the book of John. And we came across this passage. And he began to tell me that there was, there was a very rough point in his life where he was, he was ready to, to end it all. Had the plan, had the means, and was just a few short steps away from ending his life. And there was a teacher who came to him and said, let me tell you about a God who wants you to have abundant life. Let me tell you about a, a Jesus who is the door and is also the good shepherd. And took him to John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy wants you to believe that taking your life now will be better for you and for everybody else in the world. And he says, that is the thought of the thief. That's a thought of a liar, someone who's going to rob you of an incredible life. But look to Jesus, the one who will bring you life. And this guy I was talking to was sharing the story with me and, and we, were, we were walking through the, the, the book of John and he, he wanted to be rebaptized because he'd come up in a, in, in a church that really, really towed the line when it came to how you should act and, and, and what you should do. And man, swimming is not for Sabbath and that's too short, that's too long, whatever, whatever it was. And he had this harsh view of God. 
That God is this, the person sitting up on his throne saying, you, you can do this, you can do this and this, but you can't do that and you can't do that and you can't do that. So it has such, just a harsh view of who God is. That how could God love a person like me with my hangups and insecurities and the things that I struggle with? And he and I too came across this very passage. And there was an event that I, I was a part of that he was a part of too, was, was working that event. And we carpooled up to that event up in Dallas. I don't remember what the message was that night, but it got us talking on the car ride back. And he asked me the question, he said, could God love a person like me? Struggles with depression and anxiety. And is Jesus really said, who, 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 is Jesus really who this book says he is? Is he really someone who loves me? Someone who wants to provide for me, to offer to me salvation that's beyond my wildest dreams? And I replied to him, we were driving and we got stuck in traffic. I think God had, a, God had a purpose and a plan. You know, we can be frustrated with DFW traffic, like you're driving along and all of a sudden we're just stopped. And then all of a sudden we're going and we're like, why was everybody stopped? We don't know, we don't get it. But we were stopped in traffic. And I began to share with him a God who's the door, a God who is the access to salvation. And a God who is willing to walk through that door with you and with him. And he broke down in that moment and he says, I, I've been missing it. See, God loves me that everything is broken down for me in this moment. That there's a God who's actively pursuing me and wants me to have access to the kingdom. I said, that's it. That's it. And he says, I'm, I'm leaving the old life behind. I know who I am in Jesus because Jesus is the one who's giving me the good life, a life that is abundant and free. And just a few weeks later, I had the privilege of rebaptizing him right up in that very baptistry that's behind me. So I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what baggage you came in the door with. <laughs> the door. Jesus, the door. When you approach him, you can let everything fall. The shepherd's going to be right there. The gatekeeper's going to be right there. There's no question or did you, did you do the right thing today? Did you, did you make the right decisions? Did you follow all the 28 fundamental beliefs? Did you follow the... Did you, none of that. The shepherd simply approaches the door and Jesus says, I'm both of those things. And so the door swings wide for you and for me, not because we've done anything special, but because we're in proximity to the shepherd. And I would offer to you today that Jesus claiming to be the door, Jesus claiming to, to be the one that can offer you salvation, Jesus is what Jesus offers. So take some time today, percolate on that. Think about how Jesus is the door and your access to salvation. Because the simple invitation of the good shepherd is to come and be. Let me lead you, let me guide you, and let me provide for you a life that is beyond your wildest imaginations. And trust me all the way through. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your grace, for your mercy. 
Lord, you're the door. We're thankful. Thankful that you claim that spot in our lives. God, may we have the courage to step forward. May we have the courage and full assurance knowing that you being the door swing wide the gates of heaven. That you provide a path for anyone who would believe to come and to be a part of the kingdom of God. So God, may we leave this place changed knowing that there is always room for one more. And may we know that you are what you offer. And may we do everything in our power to lead people to you, the door. And may you continue to swing wide the kingdom of heaven that all who believe may enter in. Thank you, Jesus, for introducing yourself this morning. It's in your name we pray.